Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show today. Uh, today we have Destiny Jarbro of the former WFA All-Star of the Cal War Angels and the uh, rising MMA superstar. So she'll be with us here in a couple minutes, uh, about 10 minutes or so. And uh, unfortunately today we will not have our co-hosts uh, Nikishi Free or Tori Wilson with me, but we are going to have the always informative Michael Burmy uh for Michael Burmy on Facebook and covers everything women's gridiron news and notes as well. So we'll have Michael Burmy with me today, co-hosting, and we're going to dive into the NFL playoffs, divisional follow-up on there, and then we'll dive into the actual championship games coming up this weekend, as well as a lot of news and notes happening in this week in women's gridiron in terms of the U.S. leagues uh, specifically and some of the things that are happening internationally as well. So welcome to the show, Oscar Lopez, right here, Great Iron Blitz on Block Talk Radio. Check out our, our specials at Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. If you follow us on Facebook at Great Iron Beauties, or you can go to Twitter at Great Iron Beauty. Also follow our awesome gallery on Instagram at Great Iron Beauty. So, uh, Michael, are you on? Yes, I am. Hey, Mike, welcome yes, to the I show. Am. Thank you for co-hosting today. Appreciate it. Um, fortunately, uh, Troy My and Nkishi had some uh, emergencies that came up, so I'm really appreciative that you can uh, come on. 
It's always a pleasure to be on your show, Oscar. I always awesome. like so all Michael, the big news that's going on there in the world. I just, I know that I had a feeling as soon as the announcement was made that you were going to reach out to me to host co-host. Yeah, I, you know, um, you're my, uh, you're on my speed call, as they say, when things spring up. So it's kind of a confirmation for me to make, validate some things. So you're always pretty much in the know. So it's always great to get your insights. Same pleasure. It's, likewise, it's all a pleasure to be talking with you. Get, so I could get a hold of these, talk about, talk about these. And there have been quite so many changes ahead. Uh, Michael, let's kick off here. We're going to have Destiny Jarbrell. You're pretty familiar with her, with the uh, California um, War Angels. And now she's diving into the octagon style of play. So we'll be talking to her here in a couple minutes. But uh, your thoughts on Destiny? You've probably uh, seen her play. And she's a very talented athlete in terms of uh, women's football. But now uh, we're starting to see, uh, I would say, the meaner side of, of uh, you know, the octagon in, in the MMA women's scene. Oh, oh yes! It's all definitely good when you definitely good to see see the great athletes on the gridiron do their thing and do their thing in the cage. And let me tell you, with such an elite with such an elite team as the War Angels have have been there, especially with especially especially when you have the first All American first team tailback we're talking about there, that's where she's gonna she is honest. Let me tell you, they have. She is going to be a beast in that, be a beast in the comes of those matches. There, I would be. If I were any of her opponents, I would probably. I would be sweating quite a bit right now. Uh, she's not. She doesn't have a bad record. Five hundred, one and one. Uh, first uh, bout out, she uh, TKO in about I think thirty three seconds. So, really well. And then she took on Gabby Garcia, which is obviously a more talented um, individual. Uh, I think it was back in September of last year. So uh, she took a loss there. But uh, obviously she's on doing her off-field training. So we're going to talk to her here in a couple minutes in terms of what she's doing to get prepared for, you know, the next coming bout and her new endeavor in terms of uh, full-time MMA competition. So um, very exciting times for her, I think, in general. I said, you bet. Oh, you betcha. When you talk about her, the fact is I honestly think – won't let them end up moving up there in the MMA world. We're going to start to look back, look into their backgrounds, in particular about where they, where they got their skills there. That's going to be how more people are going to look into the women's football game and it's going to gain quite a bit of legitimacy. Kind of like the think of how the Arena Football League got legitimacy once Kurt Warner got became a big superstar in the NFL. Michael, let's talk. Let's talk divisional before we get at, before we get um, Destiny on the line here. Uh, NFL this weekend, uh, I just I just had a feeling there was just no way Dallas was going to pull this off, especially with Aaron Rodgers uh, as their opponent. And it just took a kick and three points to really get, you know, to win. But a, a very good game. But it just it just seemed like coming in, the Cowboys had their, you know, they're at home and everything else, just seemed they had a hope to win. But when you have him, you know, uh, as an opponent – it's almost no different than uh, thinking that the Texans were going to beat Brady. You know what I mean? Well, the thing, but here's the thing. I can see where you think of that, but here's why I was been, why I was scared of this matchup. Okay, I was when I first got into the NFL, pack started to be a real Packers fan. First three times we made to the playoffs, 
94, 95, 96. All three times we, all three times it ended the same way. We lost to the Cowboys in Dallas. So I was not. So I knew that was factor was going. That factor was a really scary one. I was afraid it was going to turn out to be just another one of these. But, but there was Pat, but there, but Pack and Rogers led and led them out. Got him a big lead early, but the Cowboys were able to get to him later on there. But he was able to make some good cut. This one really great cut clutch pass, and Mason Crosby was able to make actually two game-winning field goals. One before that, the Cowboys had iced the kicker before that. So. Yeah, I was impressed with Cook uh, and and Rogers there towards the end because they made a very good, uh, you know, sideline. The sideline throw was very excellent. And he and obviously he had focus. Initially, in terms it was of ruled foot in. in completion. Then it was later ruled a catch there. But you see the instant replay, as you can see, it was a catch there because they saw you saw clearly both the seat were in bounds. He had control. If the biggest TV set in the world set up there, just right above them, verifies it, then it's true. Yeah, and you know, it's a, it was a good matchup. Uh, you're looking at uh, a great, uh, you know. A moment now because now they go to Atlanta. Uh, I'm talking about Green Bay here. They go to Atlanta. You have an opportunity now to go back to the NFC Championship. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, it could be Green Bay Pittsburgh to get once again, or it's going to be uh, Green Bay and it's Tom Brady. Nobody's counting out Matty Ice, but uh, off- defensively, Atlanta does have some weapons. Yes, they. We cannot. We cannot take them lightly, but because you got you got to add another. Not only did they beat us this season, got to add another factor. This is going to be the very last football game played in the Georgia Dome, right before they move to that brand new Mercedes-Benz Stadium next door. So they're going to want they're going to want they're going to want to send out the old place. The Falcons are going to be really motivated to send out the old place with a win. We cannot take yeah, that Yeah, and Atlanta, Atlanta offensively has, has proven their might this, this year. And so taking care of Seattle uh, sort of was already the favorite to take care of Seattle, given Seattle's banged up on defense and Russell Wilson hasn't played as great as he's in past seasons. So is, it, is this uh, going to be Matt Ryan's game to prove himself? Because we already know what Rodgers brings to the table. I think, I think it will. He could have a – Thing is, he's going to have quite a few opportunities to prove himself there. Going up against, however this however this plays out, final four teams in the NFL. You have three quarterbacks who everybody everybody agrees are elite, and one who is on the cusp of being was borderline elite, but could prove him, but has the opportunity to prove himself. Should he should he be help the Falcons hoist the Lombardi Trophy? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, reality here is the Packers we know can pull a win out. It, uh, to me, it's really about Atlanta. Can they, uh, you know, move on to the next round? Because that's going to be on Matt Ryan's head. On the flip course, side over here. Every playoff um, run, like where we get this close there, we are especially motivated there. Because, I mean, look at that. The reason why – look at the name, the name of that Super Bowl trophy there. The reason it's called – we know the reason why it's called the Lombardi Trophy – and it said at the end of Super Bowl 31 there, Revelation, we're just trying to bring it back home to Lambeau Field where it belongs. Yeah, and I know you have that passion internally 
uh, as a Packer backer. So uh, we're, we're not going to take anything away from you. Um, on the other side, the Steelers come in with a a win on the road. Um, what happened to the Chiefs, Michael? What's your assessment of the Chiefs? I don't know that because some bug must have something must have gotten to them. Sick, but the Steelers won with six field goals. That's why I'm asking. What happened to the Chiefs offensively? It's like we we it's like they quit in the cold and they just send out their kicker to you know to put up points against uh, the Steelers. Uh, pretty impressed with Bell. Uh, Bell played a pretty good game. Uh, very impressive in in that aspect of it. But it wasn't that's like the Steelers that's the manhandled the that's Chiefs. The of being a- it just seems that like the Chiefs offense kind of stuttered. That's the dangers of being a high, higher-seeded team there. You've got to resist the temptation to play down to their level. Because that's going to be – Yeah, I agree. I, I think, that I think uh, Alex Smith and company did not really, uh, you know, play their best game. And Kelsey, they're getting mad at the referee for making the, uh, the tugging call, which is the right call. I think he was just frustrated at the fact that they didn't, they weren't, they didn't give him the chance for the score. Yep. So, as I was saying, this is going to be crazy because the Patriots winning the day before kind of had ensured that should the Packers, that the Packers, should they advance to the Super Bowl, it would be a rematch of an earlier one we'd played. Obviously, it's not going to be a rematch of Super Bowl one now. It's either going to be a rematch of Super Bowl 31 or Super Bowl 45. So. Which is by thirty-one, of course, is my childhood Super Bowl. I want to see us beat the Patriots again. Oh yeah, I agree. I think uh, that would be a good uh, a good opportunity. I mean, Rodgers and Brady in the Super Bowl. I mean, who who doesn't want that? Um, so, you know, uh, Texans coming into New England, everybody kind of anticipated that they were just not going to be the team to beat. I mean, it would have to have been a Brady off day for them to really make a difference. And Dion Lewis actually stepped up and kind of impressed. In terms of, of Houston, Houston's D was pretty pretty decent. Offensively, they just you know the the Patriots D st- stood up and they made their point. Yep. Houston. So um, played a good game. Who, who's your pick? Remember, the one thing to remember: they're still the Patriots, and it's still in Gillette Stadium. That kind of made the difference. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'm taking. I got to take uh, TB12. I can't go beyond TB12, and I'm taking Rogers. I just I just don't see how after this winning streak they're on eight game winning streak I don't see one step away from the NFC Championship that the the Green Bay is going to just collapse. Me neither. Me neither. They are going to be. This will be. However, this plays out, it is going to be a really incredible game. The X factor, I think, in Pittsburgh would probably be Bell. If anything, it's going to be Bell, um, more than likely at, the, at that point. But I think uh, New England has an answer for that, so um, we'll go from there. Let's go into the huddle, the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. And in the huddle, we are going to interview the rising MMA fighter, uh, Destiny Jarbro, and former WFA All-Star of the Central Cal War Angels. So let's get her on the line here, Michael. Uh, Destiny, are you on? Yes, sir. Hello, How you doing, Destiny? Destiny? It's been a while to talk to you. Uh, very exciting uh-huh. uh, news. When I read that you are going into the octagon, I was like, what is she getting herself into at this point? 
<laughs> yeah, um, it's actually something I've been training for for a while. So last year was my debut, so I was pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, you're on with Michael Burmy. You know Michael Burmy, obviously famous from uh, Facebook as well, and Women's with Gridiron. I do. I'm the, um, fan, I'm the guy who does all those recaps there and tries to make <laughs> sure the whole women's football world stays connected. Sounds good. I know who you guys are. I've talked to all you guys. So thanks for having me, of course. <laughs> it's, a ple- it's a pleasure having you here. It's a pleasure having you uh, as the guest. The, having the, you as the, especially the having Octagon you as the guest co-hosting debut. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Your Octagon debut, uh, a big uh, Ronda Rossi moment. 33 in, you're in and out. Di- didn't even uh, scratch a nail, as they say, or break a nail. Um, but then you go to Gabby Garcia. What did you learn of the second fight? Oh man, um, that second fight, I was I was pumped, I was ready, but honestly, like I wasn't nervous. But as soon as I got in that ring, and those thirty thousand fans are you know all eyes on me, the whole world watching, uh, the nerves kicked in, and uh, kind of you know I got flat footed. I wasn't really you know doing my game plan. I got nervous, of course, but uh, I learned a lot from that fight. I mean. I mean, Gabby is, you know, she's a huge girl, <laughs> huge lady, I should say. But uh, from that fight, I mean, I, I learned, you know, some some techniques from some fighters. And, you know, I, I met a lot of contacts. I got I got to meet my freaking legend that I look up to, Mikro Kokop. So, uh, and just being out of the United States and, you know, my second fight being in Japan, it's like a huge thing. I grew up watching Pride, and uh, Ryzen is Pride. It's just a different name, so I was excited. Destiny, the, the moment has transitioned over. Uh, are you, you know, have you left women's pro football now and you're really going to focus on this more of a level for income and for, you know, are you moving forward, basically, the question? You know, that's a question that I, a lot of people probably tuning in are waiting for me to answer because I have not answered that yet. I have, uh, and my own team doesn't know if I'm playing yet. I have them on the, you know, the line. Uh, but, it, it's tough to call because it was it was hard to train and focus on football and try not to get hurt last year. So this year the stakes are bigger um, in terms for my MMA career. And I love football, of course. It will always be my first love. I love the Central Cal War Angel. Shout out to the WFA, Lisa King, Jeff King. But it, it's a tough decision for me to make, and I haven't made that. I haven't made it yet. I, I mean. I would love to continue playing football. I, I have to choose this year if I'm going to focus more on MMA or focus on football. Of course, I'm going to, you know, put a lot of my time, work, and everything in MMA, which is going to benefit for my football career, but I'm just concerned about the injuries, and I can't risk getting hurt. And so uh, I, I honestly can't say I know if I'm playing or not. I can't I can't say it. <laughs> You know, Destiny, I'm going to ask you a question that everybody wants to know. Um, Rossi, um, Rossi, the Rossi match against uh, uh, at the at the uh, UFC. Oh, Rousey. Yeah, Nunez um, at the I'm UFC. Was it was it really? An, you know, I I took it as a slap on the face to Nunez because she's the champ, and it became this hurrah thing for Rossi's return and all this social media buzz because of her return and everything else. 
how did you see that fight prior to the result? Um, honestly, like I, I, I knew Rhonda was going to lose, um, because she wasn't mentally in it. Like she hasn't been the same since she took that loss to Holly and she went out of the spotlight, has been going through so much mentally and, uh, and she just wasn't ready. But I was I was rooting for her. I, I'm not a Rousey fan. Like, I don't like her, but I love what she's done for the sport. I don't like her because she is a shit talker. She, excuse my language, she used to bully her, her opponents, especially after she beat them. So everybody who, you know, overlooked Nunez to, you know, about Rousey's return, yeah, it was a big deal because Rousey, you know, she made history. She she brought women's MMA on the map. So it is a big thing for her when she came back, and it, it was a big thing to the world. And I was rooting for her, honestly, to win. I was hoping she'd come out there, you know, and shock the world and uh, do some old Ronda Rousey stuff. But uh, she didn't. She tried to trade blows with Nunez, and she's not a striker. She's a ground, ground game. So uh, I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time, I kind of knew it was going to happen. So... Put it in perspective. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, Punk's fight lasted longer than Rousey's comeback did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was it, funny. It was, <laughs> that was. Um, you know what? You, you know what happens, Destiny? I thought. I thought personally, it was an insult. I really thought it was an insult. You, you're the champ, and the UFC is hyping up a former champ. You know, as as the big deal fight. And you're probably getting less purse of the money as well. So if I was a yeah. man, uh, Amanda Nunez and I was in that locker room, I'd be pissed to come out and just prove a point. And she did. <laughs> well, she, she she was. She was pissed off because exactly how you said she got overlooked. But the thing is, UFC, Ronda was their face. She was their star. So her coming back is a big thing. She had the most fans. She had the most viewers. Nunez, she's young blood, and she came up. I knew she was, you know, going to be champion eventually. And she she hated that they overlooked her and didn't, you know, give her as much commercial time and stuff like that as they did Rousey. But at the same time, she was just going to be like, hey, I'm the champ, and I'm going to prove I'm the champ, and I'm going to knock this former champ out. And that's what she did, and she made a statement. Yeah, she got less money than Rousey did, but she made a point, and she won't get overlooked again. So. Where is Rosie standing in your eyes right now? Uh, you've lost one match. Uh, you know, okay. she's lost. She was unstoppable at a certain point. But then I think when Holmes hit the map and she came onto the, onto the scene, like you said, uh, the striker mentality, is it a coaching issue now for her? Is it to find a different coach maybe to rebound? Because it doesn't seem like they made a very oh. good game plan, like you said, scoping uh, Amanda Nunez. Oh, definitely. She definitely needs to leave her, her coach. He is, I'm sorry to say it, but his coaching for that, that match was an embarrassment. Like, if you have a fighter and you know her striking is not her strong point, and you tell her to go out there and strike with the striker, you're playing into the other person's game plan. Like, you don't do that. I mean, and she needs to she needs to work on her striking. So she needs to go to a camp or go to someone, take up jo- John Jones's offer, and you know fix her striking. I feel like she can come back. You know, she you can always bounce back. It's 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 you it's MMA. You can, anything can happen. You can always bounce back, but she has to first get her head together. She has to mentally get it together. 
Mm -hmm. And if she can't handle one loss, now two losses, if she can't handle two losses and come back, then she's in the wrong sport. Do you think she should but walk she, away? Um, I, I, I don't think she should walk away. I think she, she, you know, should give it one more go, but she's already voiced her, you know, her opinion and her heart's not in it. And I feel if your heart's not in something you're doing for a living, then you shouldn't do it. And she's already said she doesn't want to fight anymore. She wants to pursue her movie career. So maybe this is a good time for her to walk away. You know, she'll always go down. She's going to go down in UFC history. She's, she's always going to be that, that first woman in, in, in her division to hold, to be a champion, uh, to be a champion for that long. Like she's going to go down in history and I don't think she should hang her head up or put her head, hang her head down and, you know, mope about it or whatever. Like she shouldn't be negative. Like she's, she's paved the way for women's MMA and that's huge. Um, so if she does walk away, uh, I think she'll be fine. If she doesn't walk away, she has a lot of work she has to do. She has a lot of work. Destiny, what is the future for you? Is it better for you to go to MMA because of sponsorship or, you know, obviously, uh, you know, intake and everything else? So what's, what's your, what is your, your next move? Ah, um, well, I'm, I'm training, you know, getting back into shape and stuff because when I took that, that L, I took it hard, like Rondi took hers, but I didn't, I, I took two months, three months off because it, it hurt, you know, to lose. Like, I was just like, what did I do? Like, I messed up so bad and I took it hard. And uh, so now I'm, you know, getting back in shape and focusing on the next fight, which I don't know when my next fight will be. It's hard to find an opponent since going to Japan. But, um, you know, as heavyweight women, we've all been communicating and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of trash talk. There's been a lot of uh, some love thrown out there. But uh, we're hoping that Invicta, Shannon, if you're listening, pick us up. Uh, or Ryzen, you know, puts on a tournament or gives us a chance, gives us a belt, you know. So uh, just got to stay prepared. You never know. I'm just waiting for a phone call or for my coach to say, hey, found your opponent. <laughs> but I'm oh, definitely yeah. going to. I am really looking. And let me tell you, I, we're all the women's football world is really looking forward to whatever that may be. Yeah, me too. It, it's kind of cool, you know, because that, that was a, the big thing for us. And they're like, you play football? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, we want you. We want you here. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good. It, it feels great to represent the WFA, even though I did lose. But I gained a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, popularity, a lot of publicity. And uh, it, it, it Nothing, nothing else but good is going to come from it, especially this year. Us heavyweights are we're coming. So, <laughs> so the transition at WFA to three tier system. What do you feel of that? Is it going to improve the women's game at this point? It's worked out last year. It was a very exciting season. This year, a lot more teams migrating over to the WFA. So, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I saw that. We got our schedule, and I was just like what the heck, who are these people? Who are they? Like, what is this? And then I looked and I'm like, wow, we got a lot of new teams. Um, I think that, I think the system's going to work, you know, like it did last year. I mean, it only can get better. Uh, but with these new teams and all the old teams, I just, it's, it's going to be an exciting season. 
but I haven't haven't really like looked into people's stats, like team stats on who's coming back and who left. So I'm kind of like behind because I've just been so focused on MMA. I'm behind, and I'm like, oh. When I read the, when I got the schedule, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to check everybody out, you know, because Surge is coming back, and I'm looking forward to that that game. If I do play, if I don't play, I'll be on that sideline still. So uh, that's that's the one game I'm looking for revenge. <laughs> Well, Michael will keep you updated on everything, so that's your number one go-to you, guy right there. You and, know, uh, you, you know I'll do that. On Twitter as and well, I'm also so. going to get to promote, and I'm also going to be the one to get. I'm also the go-to guy if you need to get a hold of anybody for the MMA thing too. Because trust me, you represent the whole game. I'm going to help you out there. Oh, uh, definitely. Can... Always looking for sponsors, so that that's one thing that I'm always looking for. So <laughs> I'll definitely hit you up, Michael. <laughs> oh, that, and I believe. Believe me, I will be. I know how to look for sponsors which may be interested in you. So just let's keep it. We're gonna keep in touch about that, okay? Sounds good. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Now you got a marketing coach right off the bat. Boom. Marketing is the <laughs> nice special. Boom. So Destiny, what do you think of the Angels right now? Uh, you're gonna get uh, Surge back. The Warriors in Los Angeles, pretty impressive as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be a great season. <laughs> Considering uh, they've been, you know, one of those top teams that you guys competed up against, um, I, can you tell us anything about the team at this point? Have you been involved in any of the tryouts with the team? And what does it look like yeah. for the uh, Angels coming up? I, I've been involved with the, the tryouts and some of the practices and stuff. And uh, we're we're looking better than we did last year, to be honest. We made it so far last year. We had a, a couple hiccups in that last game, but uh, – this year we have everybody coming back and we have some new players and uh, everybody's improving. We're in the gym. Everybody's getting that workout in. And, and it's honestly like it's going to be a great season for the Angels. And I don't really see the Warriors as a competition. That's me talking shit. Um, <laughs> but the Surge, definitely I don't, you know, Surge is getting new players. Um, they have some of their veterans coming back. So the Surge game, of course, is always going to be, that that game that that make it or break it game. So yeah, and on top of that, as far as referred to the NFL news, the surge is going to be playing passion coming back from their hiatus, and also part of the healing process for so many fans. Oh, so yeah. they're going to be more dangerous than ever now. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Me and Dina, oh, Dina Gidry, we keep in contact a lot. So you know, we like to hype each other up and. We're actually in competition right now. I don't see who gets in better shape within, well, five weeks now. So we're uh, we're pushing each other. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a great game I look forward to. Is uh, Wiggins uh, coming back? Uh, is King coming back? Is there anything we yep. should know that? We're all coming back. That's Everybody's coming back. That's what the whole league should know, all of us plus some. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just well, it was a pretty exciting with the elite last year. So it's it's going to be a pretty yeah. exciting season on the West Coast if you add the Warriors and the Surge now to the mix. So it's yeah. adding San Diego to the mix really excites everybody on the West Coast. It gets us pumped up. It's like a rival game that we love to play against. Like we just we love playing against them, despite you know they they they're obviously leading the rivalry series. But um, despite it, it's I always look forward to playing against them, going hard you know, talking that trash on the field. But at the end of the game, like, I love all the surge, you know, shake their hands, 
especially Dina, we push each other during the game. But uh, that the Warriors, you know, they always bring they always bring a fight to us, and you know they're not going to give up easily. So it's you know we're going to have to have some battles this year. But we're all back, we're all healthy, we're all getting back in shape, and um, I we're looking we're looking for that championship. <laughs> oh, sounds great, Jesse. Uh, is there any website that fans can go to dive into your new new adventure? like for sponsorship and for anything? Do you have anything going on with the social media and stuff like that? I'm all over social media now. I actually had to activate my Twitter right before my Ryzen account. Like we had to go back on it. I don't, I never tweeted really before I fought in Ryzen, but I had to go on there and uh, fix everything. So you, you can find me on Twitter at Destiny Yeah or Instagram at In Disbelief, uh, Facebook. You can just search my name. I have a fan page and my regular page. Um, if you want to, you know, my email is on my fan page for Facebook, um, or you can just message me on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm on everything, even Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. What's the best thing for you right now that you've noticed? Is it the, is it Snapchat? Is it Twitter? I mean, what's What's been the best platform, uh, best platform for fan interaction? Uh, Facebook. Facebook is is my go-to, and then Twitter. So it's it's Facebook and then Twitter. I check everything, um, and people get surprised because they'll message me, and I I don't really message back on my regular page. I message back on my fan page, and I message back on Twitter. But on regular my regular Facebook page, it, I get so many messages. So. When I do respond back to people, they're like, is this really you or is this someone controlling your account? I'm like, no, it's me. I control all my account- accounts. It's just me. <laughs> so, yeah. Facebook and then- It's kind of mind-boggling, huh, to, to have to yeah. juggle all the accounts. No, it's crazy because, like, I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up and I'll have, like, 300 notifications. I'm like, I just checked all this, like, six hours ago. What the heck? <laughs> so, it's it's time-consuming, it, but it's I love it. I love it. <laughs> Something to get well, you to. So what's your what's you're your approach now. to the sport now? Say that again. What's your approach to the sport now? Is it do you have a different view of before you got into MMA? Um no, it I I grew up watching MMA, watching, you know, Pride and Tough and stuff like that and I I mean, being in this sport now it's a dream come true and it's just being in it, it just makes me want to work harder. It, it, I have the same mentality, except for I'm out for blood now. You know, I gotta come, I gotta bounce back from that loss. But um, I love it, and it just pushes me harder to be a be in better shape, be a better person, and I, it's the same. <laughs> I think it's awesome. It's awesome. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. Go, Michael. Yes. Yes, this is really is going to. Yes, that is going to be some sentiment. Is there? Well, as I was saying before, you 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 represent all of us here. So we're get. So anything. So whatever you decide to do there, I'm going to make. Sh- I'm going to make sure the women's football world and the MMA world stays tuned to you. You are going to be, because as I said, get used to all. Get used to the notifications in the hundreds. You are you are a star now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just like I was saying earlier. Um, I just hope I don't have a fight right before a game because last year my debut was literally the day before our first game of the season. 
And even though it was only 33 seconds, the preparation, the weight cutting, all that stuff leading up to the fight, I was so dead for the first game. So dead and dehydrated and just, ugh. But I just, I look forward to the WFA games, if, you know, if I play, if I decide to play or not. But uh, MMA, I just, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for my next fight. And I'll keep everybody posted because I keep all my pages updated. <laughs> So you're not really going to tell us the uh, we're not going to have a breaking news here whether you're coming back or not. <laughs> is that is that what you guys are looking for? Because I know everybody looks me looking for that. That's what um, we were looking. That's what we were looking for. You know how we are, we we no, kind of try to gather for info. one of the networks for one of the radio for the, one of the radio or TV networks. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No yeah problem. I say it here. Everybody else is going to block. Uh, you know everything I say and do is under microscope now. But uh. Knowing me and how I work, and I will feel bad for the team if I don't play. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I can admit it that I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play, but there you are. I'm not. There we go. We got the scoop. We got the scoop. Finally, um, you heard it here first. So it's okay. I mean, even if you're gonna play on a limited basis, uh, I know the fans uh, that I've interacted with before are, you know, really impressed with all your on-field accomplishments. So. I'm pretty sure that they will love to see you back on the field. Yeah, you know, when I play, I'm just – I already, you know, I talked to Lisa and I told her, hey, if I do play, which everybody knows I'm playing now, um, I'm not going to play in every game. I can't do that. I can't risk it. But I will definitely be there for those games, you know, that are going to be tough, like the Warriors, Surge, any playoff game. Of course, if I'm not playing in that game, I'm going to be on the sideline dressed out in my jersey, you know, health coaching and, you know – keeping the girls' spirits up and stuff. But it is going to be limited playing for me. So my stats aren't going to be – I mean, I hope they are, even with the limited playing. But, you know, I'm not going to have that many carries or that many catches or that many tackles and stuff. So stats are going to be limited for me. But I'm still going to give it my all in the games I do play. I just, you know, I just got to be, you know, I got to be careful of injuries. So, Destiny, what is the sponsorship request from you? I mean, if, if any sponsors are listening, is it travel expenses? Is it uh, apparel? Is it gym fees? I mean, what would be a priority right now just to get your kick started? Um, to be honest, the, the traveling, it would be traveling because here in the Central Valley in Fresno, California, it's actually it, – I can't find an opponent because I already – I fought in Japan. So uh, it's it's really hard to find an opponent here in California. So, I, I mean, I can go to Vegas – or I can go somewhere else. It's just difficult. So traveling expenses, you know, would help. Um, the gym fees, I, I, um, I mean, I got that covered. I'm sponsored by that. But, I mean, uh, apparel, you know, gear, any of that stuff helps, honestly. All right. So that's what that's where everybody can I, get a hold of her on Facebook primarily, on her athlete page and her regular page, as well as you said on Twitter at Destiny Yaw, right? And then yep, you go on Snapchat as well, so you can mingle with her on her workouts as well on Snapchat with the what a doggy pose and some ears or something like that. Yep, I'm yeah, I'm very interactive too. So I mean, I I hit my fans back, I talk to them. So I, I love I love interacting with my fans. I'm I'm not one of those people that thinks they're too good because I start it from the bottom, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not shy. I interact. Awesome. So Destiny. Uh, 2017, everybody's excited for the WFA, so we're all excited to see you back as well, even on a limited basis, and uh, very thrilled 
that you've moved on to uh, this new career, and we're going to, like M- Michael said, we're going to keep tabs on the uh, the WMMA scene and see where you're at in terms of your, you know, opponents and matches that come up, and we'll certainly promote those as you come up because uh, you're obviously going to need more than anything else, more support, and to get sponsors, obviously, you got to get noticed. So hopefully, uh, you know, yeah. somebody gets on board and realizes your potential. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know um, I'm ranked number two right now in the heavyweight division, and uh, I just found that out like a week ago or a few days ago and because uh, I thought I was number four. So when I found out I was number two, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm I'm close to number one. So this year I'm I'm going out, and I'm going for that number one spot. And if they make a belt, if they have a tournament in Ryzen in Japan, which we're all pushing for, all the fans are pushing for a heavyweight tournament in Ryzen, um, I'm not going to disappoint. I'm, I promise you that I'm, I'm. My head is focused this year on MMA and even on the field on the WFA. No, everybody knows me to be a hard head and you know that that tough person. So even though I'm limited on the field this year, I'm still going to give it my all. So I'll still be there, you guys. <laughs> awesome. So Destiny, thank you for thank you for your time today. Look forward to uh, touching base maybe in a couple months. Before a fight, you're always welcome on the show. Give us a chime in, and we can give you uh, the platform and a voice to work with as well. And uh, so I'm looking forward to the season in, in Cal War Angels, but more so uh, in your new uh, venture with your new career. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me, you guys. It's always a blast to be on here. I get nervous, and I get excited. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking there's, forward to 20. There's no reason to get nervous. We're all, we're all pals here. I mean, the only thing is we're not passing beer around because – we're all on different phones, but that's how it and works. There's everything before every talk, interview, football game, by anything that's huge. I, you know, to me or that I'm like, I love. I get nervous. Like even football. Well, I get nervous before every game. Every single game, I get nervous because you never know what happens. Yeah, well, it, it's it's a natural <laughs> thing, I think. I guess. Yeah, yeah, but it's always awesome. I I really thank you guys for having me on you know, as a special guest. And, uh, yes, I will always keep you guys updated. Love the WSA, and I love you guys and the fans. Thanks. Our pleasure. Awesome. Before we let you go, Destiny, um, I, Burmy's kind of biased here. I don't have a team in the playoffs, but he's got Green Bay. Um, uh, TB12 takes on <laughs> Roethlisberger, and then you got Rogers taking on My, uh, Matty Ice. So can you give us your prediction? Oh my God, I, I I'm a Saints fan, so the day I die. But right now in these playoffs, I'm rooting for the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers, and I can't wait for him to win. And it's gonna be the Steelers and the Packers. I feel in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is gonna overcome Ben Roethlisberger. Seriously, the Steelers and the Packers. As in the yeah. 45, throwing 51. Yeah. I, I feel God, I, I, I can't go against TB12. I don't know why, but anyways, I, I'll take your word for it. I guess you're the better football player than I am, just an analyst. So <laughs> uh, if the Steelers can pull it off, I guess the X factor would be LaBelle, would be LaBelle I guess, would be the X yeah, factor. They, um, I feel like they're going to pull it off, though. Like, I, I know they're going to go in as the underdogs, and, you know, they have some injuries they're dealing with, but Ben is, you know, he's a seasoned vet in the quarterback position, so – I feel he's going to pull it off. Against Brady, Destiny? I don't like Brady, so I root against that guy every time. There you go. So you're a Brady hater. Okay, now we know why. All 
day. But besides me not liking Brady, I, I still I feel like the Steelers are going to pull it off. All right, there you go. So Steelers <laughs> and Packers is uh, Destiny uh, Jarbro's, uh prediction here. So we'll see if it comes true there, Burmy. See if your Packers move <laughs> on. I'm counting on it. Packers really. <laughs> I, I I think I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Burmy's saying uh, Rogers is gonna put Manny Ice on ice, so I, I'm I'm assuming he's rooting for that, and he's he, he claims this trophy is named after Lombardi for some reason. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'll bet I'll, I'll have to bet you guys, you know, an autograph picture. I'll send it to both of you guys either way. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so that's it. So Destiny's called it. It's going to be Steelers and Packers in the Super Bowl. So we'll see what the result is. Uh, worst comes to worst, it could be Brady and and Rodgers. I just don't see Atlanta co- going through. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah. I, I'm okay with that because I think it bends on equal footing with um, with Brady. But Rodgers against um, Ryan. Ryan's got to prove to me that he can beat a big-time quarterback like Rodgers, and it just doesn't seem like this is going to be the year, especially after what they've done to the Cowboys and what they did before the Cowboys. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to beat the Packers right now. We're we're ready to win the very last game in the Georgia Dome. (laughs) I know you are, Burmy. Are the Packers ready to win? Yeah. Right. All right, so Destiny, thank you for making the time. I'm looking forward to uh, the news on when your next fight, and then obviously some highlights from the WFA season coming up here in April. So look forward to that exciting times and news. Yeah, me too. Thanks again for having me on, you guys. It was a blast. My pleasure. All right, have a great afternoon, safe travels, great evening, get some bites to eat, and uh, we'll chat next time. All right, sounds good. We will. Have a good day. All right. Take care. All right, Michael, there you go. Uh, All-star, WFA All-star for the California War Angels, Destiny Jarbo, and uh, obviously uprising number two in the uh, heavyweight MMA rankings. Wow, that's impressive. There is nobody There is nobody who I would rather have to take to guest star on my co-hosting debut. There you go. See, brought you in. Good deal. It's uh, she's so impressive, even on the field, beast. And so I, she's got that drive. Like she said, she's very feisty. She wants to get to you know to that next level. Uh, she wants to As be said, known. To get together uh, and she wants Hall, to make a mark. My Hall of Fame. Let me tell you, whenever she decides to hang up the cleats, there, I'm going to waive the one-year waiting period. She'll be eligible for induction right away. Oh, yeah, she's got the numbers. She definitely has the numbers for that. I'm, and she's, I'm making a special got, exception for yeah. her case. No, no waiting period or anything. She'll be eligible as soon as she retires. That's awesome. So, uh, Michael, let's go into uh, women's football news and notes here. I, I, there was some sad news to report. I just got it through, uh, like, the last little bit of on my news feed. Uh, Anthony Keith Ward out of the Knoxville Lightning, unfortunately, has passed away. So, uh our condolences out to the Knoxville Lightning uh, family out there. And uh, we don't know the circumstances at this point, but, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, it just happened. So our condolences yeah, out to the Knoxville Lightning. But everybody talked about tell you that he was the one who was really passionate about the game. If you went to one of their games, you could hear one of the coaches yelling there. It was probably him. <laughs> 
Yeah, and the, the bigger, the bigger, uh, you know, the news. We don't have the details yet, but we should be able to get them soon here. So as soon as you get details, we should be able to kind of figure out why and how. But last year, and and they're gonna, and now they're anti They're gonna be, and they're gonna, they're gonna move onward and upward because they're gonna, because they know he's watching them. Oh yeah, it should. They should have a, a tribute season. You bet. All right, the other news that we have with the women's notes, uh, news and notes out here is um, we had the um, coming up trials, big deal this weekend in Orlando, NFL Pro Bowl in conjunction with the Women's World Football Games 4 and Team USA, um, you know, trials, team trials coming up this weekend. A lot of new faces in the team trials as well as some old veterans. And the biggest news is Grasafi coming back. Sammy Grasafi. Uh, announces that she's going to return to the WFA and as well to make a sh- uh, take another run at a gold medal in Canada. Oh wow, that's going to be a big deal because you saw that you saw that Team Canada had already announced their rosters there. So the, looking at seeing how the other nations are going to get ready, but I tell you, Team USA, they I believe they are un they are undefeated, untied, and barely scored upon in this in these games. Yeah, it's it's, it's so impressive. The record from 2010 and 2013. Canada's probably I would give Canada the best shot at this point. Uh, the only other they've team that both, would would surprise me right now would be uh, Coach Kaneki's Australian team. I would do that too. We've won both the gold medals. They won both the silver medals. Yeah, the only team uh, the only team I can think of that surprise anybody would be Konecki's Australian team that he's going to be coaching. So I would be I would not be surprised if they can pull out a win of some sort. Maybe not the the you know the medal itself, the gold medal, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be very competitive. I'm I say the same thing here. Cuz honestly, I would love to once I what I'm looking forward to is seeing what the official lineup of teams is going to be this year. Cuz I'm looking forward to seeing the new nations that are joining the Knicks. Yeah, you can't forget Mexico. Mex- uh, the Mexico, the Federation of Mexico uh, team trials are coming up in, I believe, in middle February. Uh, Coach Giovanni Carrillo out of the FX Mexico uh, champion Vikingas will be heading that squad. It is their first uh, opportunity as well, just like the Australian team is, is putting up their team this year. Um, so Mexico really excited themselves to be in the tournament, especially in the North American swing and trying to, uh, you know, compete with Canada and the U S. So that'll be a big test for them. I got to say it, it certainly will be because they're going to have, they're, I think they're going to be competitive along around, right around the level of Canada there. Mexico is my pick to win at least the bronze is my pick to win the bronze medal this year. Finland had won it both other years, but Mexico it's become really part of their culture there. Women's football is just as common as men's football is in Mexico. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big uh, supportive environment down in Mexico. It's been going on for a while. The two leagues with, between Lexfa and FX Mexico, and they got uh, the other branches of leagues, ACAFA and CONADEF, they're trying to build up the uh, female aspect of the sport. But uh, FX Mexico and Lexfa are pretty much the two that stand out for most part, and that's where most of the talent's going to come from. I think in, in terms of the uh, national squad, 
just like in, in the U.S. squad where it's mostly WFA-related talent. There are some IWFL, um, you know, athletes, but majority is going to come from the WFA. WFA is going to be the yep, – the WFA has established themselves this offseason. They are the undisputed big league that, the league that everybody else is looking out at. If there was any Speaking dispute, of that, uh, any, Michael, we talked about it off air, how your feelings were – the transition, biggest news that we could get. I mean, I woke up uh, the other day, and I'm sitting there going, and there's an alert on my Twitter phone, the New York Sharks announcing their departure from the IWFL to the WFA. And then uh, a little bit later, somebody texted me out of Canada saying the Blitz as well have departed the IWFL. And then we get the official announcement from the IWFL, saying that uh, it was because of business decisions and reasons, which is we already knew it was going to be travel-related travel expenses because the East Coast uh, in the IWFL was dwindling in terms of teams. And now the real question is, uh, you brought it up a long time ago, is whether the uh, East Coast in the IWFL is going to have the same challenges this season because it's a big of a stretch to go from, let's say, Virginia or Washington all the way down to Florida a big expense yes it is there and the thing is i think the team which is the big going to be the biggest challenge this year is the washington prodigy there because honestly they're right now they, they can't they can't go to wfa the divas won't let the dc divas won't let them join the wfa they're gonna they got they got an iron they've got an ironclad 50 mile halo there so they're gonna i'd say the choices for the prodigy are either to stay in the IWFL and try to tough it out, or go to the USWFL where the travel is going to be much closer. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the USWSFL. Houston Wildcats also departed the IWFL because of all the issues with the playoffs in 2016. So they've gone to the USWFL. The Sizzle uh, departs the USWFL and comes back to the WFA. So the interest, uh, Michael, what is your feeling? Is it the attractiveness of the three-tier system? Or is it just because logistics would merit everybody to make a better business decision and go, hey, the WFA is the better choice because there's more teams closer by? Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. Last year, the WFA managed to make the tiered system work, something the IWFL had tried for years and years, and they never were able to make – they never were really able to pull it off. They have Tier 1, tier one which is the regular teams, long travel distances, Tier two, which was a whole bunch of other teams, no real arrangements or anything there. Then sixes, which never really played an actual season there. But here's what comes to WSA there. They may, not only did they make the three-tier system work, they were, but all the game, title, playoffs and title games were competitive. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's, this is coming down to an, aware, an awareness now because uh, the Montreal move to the WFA and New York to the WFA – that just makes perfect sense in terms of travel, less expenses. Washington is closer. The East Coast is closer. There's probably an hour, an hour and a half difference in terms of a bus ride or any of that nature. So really, if anything, uh, the WFA has afforded some of these owners to just wake up and go, that's just not going to be feasible for us to continue in this league. Nope. Honestly, that, that is the case there. The thing is that I was one. Something I was wondering about, though, is that apparently the IWFL made the announcement 
and moved them to the inactive section along with the Madison Blaze. I really wonder what the story what is, is that? with that. What is an inactive an inactive list? I mean, I just think it's kind of ridiculous to put somebody on an inactive list when they're no longer a member of your of your governing body. Very, very much so, and really petty too, in my opinion, because that's <laughs> they decide they want to make a better business decision for them, and the I I think the IWFL league's office is trying to put a spin around it. They know they know they're in trouble, and they want to make good PR moves. I think the, when you look at the schedule, it hasn't been brought out, but when you look at the remaining teams in the IWFL, uh, we are looking at a Central Pacific stronghold there because they're probably shorter in distance. Uh, the biggest debate everybody's got is if Utah ever comes to the WFA because, uh, you know, the, there's some issues there in Utah primarily with the WFA from what my understanding is, if the WFA just – you know, you don't need the Utah Wildcats. You don't need the Utah Blitz. It would just make more sense to just merge those two teams and try to get the uh, Falcons into the WFA. Better better opportunity and better branding. The Falcons, I think, have proven their might. They should be able to compete at this level. I believe they would be Tier 1 if they were brought over. So I'm, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to make a call. I'm pretty sure Lisa and the ownership in the WFA have the reasons to not allow the Utah Falcons in, but uh, in terms of a sport overall view, I think they deserve to be in the WFA. Yes, that's exactly. They're certainly talented enough there, but you got to look at it this way. The Blitz and the Wildcats are playing in, out of two different markets there. The Blitz are playing, the Blitz are playing out of Salt. The Blitz are playing out of Salt Lake city. The Wildcats are playing out of Ogden there. See her there. Last I heard, they were playing at Weber State's campus in their big stadium, which is going to be the biggest in the WFA. So honestly, yeah, I, I, think, know, I know that, but I'm just saying the Falcons are probably the better the better franchise to have in the league. Is my point. I understand you want the other teams. You can still allow the Falcons because they'd be tier one, while the Blitz and the uh, Wildcats would be considered a, a tier two or tier three, depending on their status. And you'd have three strong teams, three local teams, and you'd end up uh, growing the sport more in that state. Yep, that would be, absolutely be. But hope we're gonna, we're just gonna have to see what all happens. At the, so, uh, Michael, I, I want your prediction right here. There's not many teams left to contest the Falcons. I mean, who who is who is left in the IWFL right now to even contest Utah? Minnesota is gone. New New York is gone. The Blitz is gone. Uh, you got what other teams that just uh, you abandoned ship to the WFA? So on the West Coast, what do we got? Carson, uh, Sacramento Carson hasn't North been County. what they used to be in the Carson and North County are both going to be a big deal around here. I'd say Car- this all is going to be all about Carson and North County are the two biggest threats to Utah right now. Because Carson would be a tier one if they were to go to the WFA. But the Warp, L.A. Warriors is going to – 50 Mile Halo is keeping them out now. No, I understand that. And then Austin was against the Falcons, so I don't know if Austin's going to, you know, revise themselves this way. The, the, the smaller the, the pool of teams in the IWFL uh, from the teams that departed in the WFA just ensures Utah gets the title. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like a no-brainer at this point. 
given their talent and their efforts. I know they still got to play the games and all that, but at the same time, you are looking at more than likely a juggernaut uh, for this 2017 season in the IWFL, and you could pretty much at this point pencil them in the final. Yep. So there, that's pretty the case there. Should they get, depending on how this is going to be structured, if it's just going to be Pacific versus Central, I would say the Austin. I would say I would predict that the Austin Yellow Jackets are going to be that other team there. There. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I haven't looked at the uh, IWSL website yet in terms of what teams are left and remaining uh, and divisions and stuff like that. But we, we can take a look at it in the coming weeks as the schedule is disclosed and maybe in mid-March. Kind of better, it'll give us a better idea as to you know how it's going to be laid out, um, you know, and see how they're going to rebound or re- realign. It would be the word in terms of for the 2017 season. In terms of the WFA, uh, Burmy, you know, you, me, have kept up with it. It's been like newsfeed central almost every week. There's something new coming up, new team coming up. There's just just excitement, and especially with the world uh, world championships coming up here, a lot more excitement. So, I mean, it's to me, uh, it's the, it's they're elevating themselves now uh, to another level in terms of the WFA. Um, everybody wants to come play. We've talked about it. You know, there's players from overseas that are coming to the teams. We have players in, from overseas that now have pretty much supplanted themselves here in the States for that reason to play with uh, the WFA. Um, you got people moving to different clubs, like the Force is one of those that's always had, you know, the Divas. There's a lot of teams in the WFA that had included international players, and now more so than any other time, um, especially with the success with the three-tier system and now the addition of new teams, uh, just a wave of positive movement for the WFA. Yeah, exact, exact. Yes, there is a whole bunch, whole bunch of that there. I think that we're really going to see that we were talking about how the women's game needs some form of unity and some way to decide which teams are at which levels and all that. I think that this year is going to be the closest, is going to be the closest we've come yet to having that there. Cause you see the WFA yeah, and if you take a look, St. Louis has, let me look at St. Louis announced their team schedule this week. If you take a take a look at just St. Louis and the 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 division that St. Louis is in, you are looking at. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but I can tell you right now, if I'm a, a St. Louis Lamb fan, I, I want to get a ticket. You're taking on the Crash. You're taking on the Blaze. We're gonna you're going to take on the Titans twice. Uh, you're going to take on the Stampede, uh, the Crash twice, and then at the end, uh, you get tested right before the end of the season. You're going to get tested by the Vixens, former you know uh, playoff contenders in the IWFL, and then their arch rivals, the Force. So you're looking at Tier 1, Tier 1 finish, a Tier 1, Tier 1 finish for the Slam, technically, uh, in, in their biggest you know two last two games of the season. So they're going to be tested. Believe it. Just believe it. They are going to have quite a t- test to them there. But I think the best games we've seen thus far from them have been when they were playing the Kansas City Titans there. Because we don't know whether the players yeah, are going to stay in Tier 2 or go up to Tier 1. That still has that to be decided. But, either, but I think the WFA had that in mind when they made the schedule. 
which would fit in whichever this tier they decide to be in. No, and St. Louis is a very competitive team. They've proven it last year, uh, and they even proved it against Kansas City. My my whole thing here is just it's, this is an exciting schedule. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is a huge and exciting schedule. If you're a if you're a Midwest fan, um, this is a, this is the perfect time to be in St. Louis or Kansas City because you're going to get to see you know the crash come into town, the blaze come into town. You're going to see uh, you know all those exciting two teams as well with the Titans. And then if you're going to be in Minnesota and Chicago, you're going to get to see the Division Two champions. I real that's true. I really hope that I'm. Which is why I really hope that this year the King, this year I really hope that this year the Force plays some, ends up playing some games, several games in Evanston this year, because I really want to go, see, because I would really like to go out there and see them play. I want to I want to go out there and make those games there and see those teams and see them play those teams in person. The reason why I'm asking them to hoping us playing Evanston is because it's easier for me to access on the Metro line. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we want to give a shout-out to ArchCitySports.com, ArchCitySports.com. Last year they followed the team from from game one to the end of the season, uh, even to the finish of their championship. So want to give a shout-out to uh, ArchSportsCity.com. And uh, Brian Ledford there does a great job of keeping up with the team and really appreciate that, especially when there's no NFL team in town. This is the NFL uh, team in town. If you want to yep, get it done, you know, last, year proved that. last year, the San Diego Sur- and the San Diego Surge, and to a lesser extent, the North County Stars. This year, when the when your NFL team moves out there, it's the women's te- it's the women's team's time to step it up there, and get some of the, a big opportunity oh, yeah. to get some new fans. We're feeding for football. Uh, I want to just let all the fans know on Twitter this week up to the twenty first, January twenty first. We are giving away a $50 Victoria Sport E gift card. You can, all you have to do is follow us and retweet our post on Twitter, and then go ahead and send us a intent workout gym selfie, and so we can post that up. And then we will select one winner on the 21st for the $50 Victoria Sport E gift card. So you can go to Twitter right now and uh, retweet and follow us, as well as send us a an intent workout with the gym, gym selfie. So that's pretty, pretty intense there. And if you want to do it, do it. Uh, if you want to retweet us and follow us only, that's also welcome too. So uh, it's going to be on our Twitter feed. You can check it out on our profile uh, header out there too, as well. Um, you always go to Zazzle.com, Zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Uh, you go to Zazzle, you get up to 30% off and check the uh, code and you get the the biggest deals there on Zazzle.com. Go to our shop, we got leggings, T-shirts, and gifts up there, uh, customizable as well on certain items. And every dollar that we sell at the Zazzle shop goes towards spotlighting another talented player in the women's game. Uh, this week we ended up uh, spotlighting Min Min Zhao of the Oroboro Black Knights, and she's on our No Joke Football uh, brand page. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash No Joke Football brand. So uh, you can check her out there as well as on our Great Iron Beauties page. Um, Big news coming up, uh, Burmy. I was sent from Egypt, of all places. I was sent uh, a little tidbit here, and through the uh, job boards and group boards, uh, Egypt, the governing body in Egypt, has announced the first ever women's gridiron match between Morocco Black Mambas, 
they will take on the Pink Warriors of Egypt. The uh, details are still forthcoming. Uh, as soon as I get those details, I will post them up on Twitter and Facebook, as well as on the group pages and the women's games. But congratulations to the Egyptian football, American Football League for uh, making that happen. It's going to be the uh, Morocco Black Mambas taking on the Pink Warriors of Egypt. So that's going to be the first international event in the African region. So historic. That is going to, you best believe it there. It's always a joy to see the women's football game expand to new nations there. And I really believe, I've been looking, both teams are exper- both teams are doing well in the flag division there. This would be, a, you're saying this would be a first ever tackle football game, right? That's, I cannot confirm that yet. I did send out a, a, uh, a request to confirm that, whether it's flag or tackle. So I am waiting on details in terms of that. But the news itself uh, is really exciting, whether it's flag or tackle, because it is the first, uh, I guess, endorsed uh, you know, event by the Egyptian American Football League. So that's, that, that's good. It's a positive step for them. Yep. So that's that is going to be a big deal for that deal for them. Uh, so we'll look at the details uh, coming up. Which is why, as I was saying there, it's a big deal. It was a big deal with the, the news going on there because from the from the teams which are joining the international world women's football championships to even to the blitz joining the WFA because it gives them a the opportunity for, for for further Canadian teams to come on to start up and join the league in 2018 beyond yeah we got a lot of exciting news this week that's what i'm saying it was kind of like a blitz of news this week between the the team shifting leagues to the trials uh the trials week this week with the women's world football games four happening in orlando the pro bowl and uh, in conjunction with all those events um and then the international news about the egyptian uh league announcing that with i'm pretty sure it'll be women's tackle if i'm if, if i'm correct so we'll we'll see if if we can get confirmation on either or, but if it's women's tackle, that's pretty historic in itself. Um, you also have um, tickets go on sale this week with almost all teams in the WFA. I did not check the IWFL at this point, but I'm pretty sure with them too. So all teams in the WFA and the IWFL, um, all, all tickets go on sale. So you can follow WFAfootball.net, go to the um, profile pages for each, each team, and in each team there, there's usually an email, or you can go to their Facebook pages uh, via their um, header there and take a look and see when their tickets are going on sale. So you can go on WFAfootball.net. You can also go to IWFLsports.com. Yeah. It's really going to be fun. There. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I think all their tickets are, as far as I, as far as I could tell from my notes, I think everybody, all the teams are now pretty much their schedule has been set, except for the minor tweaks with the, uh, the Blitz and the Sharks. But for the most part, I think the schedule is pretty much set for all teams, right? Yes, I would say that, assuming no more teams jump over to, to WFA. We cannot be sure of that until yeah. they act, put out an official league schedule. Right, right. So, but there are uh, some teams already pretty much like the Slam. Certain teams in certain regions have already been pretty much set. I think the East Coast is probably the only area that uh, is per, uh, up in air right now in terms of com- confirming dates for scheduling, right? Yeah, 
Right. All right. Some teams so, announced um, their schedules, and they're going to be announcing want... revised schedules very soon. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like there's still some schedules to be revised, especially on the East Coast. I think that's where going to be the most of them because most, uh, the the two teams that did come in late, New York and Montreal, are going to be on the East Coast. So there will be some teams affected by that. Um, New York, Montreal, and, now, uh, and division... also the Tennessee train. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. South Central will be affected too. Yeah. So there's some teams that are – so um, you go to WFAFootball.net. You can follow the WFA at WFA Football on Twitter. Uh, you go to Facebook as well, Women's, uh, Women's Football Alliance on Facebook. You can go to the uh, Facebook page at the IWFL Women's Football League on Facebook and on Twitter at IWFL. Um, the Canadian – we'll talk about Canada before we go here because they're in the they're in the uh, North American realm. Silver medals uh, both in 210 and 213. Uh, most of their squads going to come out of the WWCFL, Saskatoon Valkyries, Virginia Riot squad. Uh, most of the squads over in the Maritime, we're looking at a, a mix of players from the Capital um, Capitals teams and the St. John's teams. So they are going to be very stacked and ready to go on home soil. What do you, what do you expect, Burmy? They're going to they're going to they're going to want to win on home soil, and they're not looking for silver. Yes, they are going to be – this. we are going to be seeing a team which, unlike the others which have played there so far there, because both USA and Canada, they've tripped their kissing. I think it's all going to depend – one thing that will be a depending factor will be how many people show up in the stands there. Because if the Canadians are able to get their fans in the stands, I think they could – I think they could have a chance of pulling off the upset of all upsets. I don't think there's a doubt of putting people in the stands. I think it's really the on-field competition. I can tell you right now, uh, given what the uh, uh, Saskatoon Valkyries have done in the WWCFL and the Regina Riot, if they can combine those two teams, plus including some of the, you know, top-notch players from the Edmonton Storm, there's a lot of good, talented players on this Football Canada squad. And I can tell you right now from some of the players that I've talked to, they are not going to come back with the silver medal. They want gold. And so it's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, Odessa Odessa posted it out the uh, the other day, I think it was yesterday, uh saying, "Hey, you know what? Watch out international teams because we're not we're not coming here to relinquish gold." So there's already, you know, a passion uh for the event coming up already. It's building up. I think I think I certainly think so. Biggest rivalry is and a lot of the, there are so many sports that are out there in the world there, and of course women's football is one of them, where the biggest rivalry in that sport is, US, is the USA versus Canada. So that is, this women's football will be no, game will be no exception. Expect to see a lot of trash talking between the two teams there. Yeah, the announcement came pretty much as, as they're set already. So the roster is basically set. Uh, it was uh, put out by Football Canada January 14th obviously. So the dream team for Canada, um, they, like I said, we, they won silver in 2010, as well as in 2013 in Finland. So the, the, uh, the Canadian team retains the, its core group of players as 13 out of the 45 on the roster uh, will include the uh, 
former talented, you know, talented players that were on that roster, uh, you know, featuring uh, talented players like Alex Black, Trina Graves out of the Maritime, Christine O'Donnell. Uh, they're set to, re- uh, to represent their country for a third straight uh, championship in, in, in IFAB. So the selection process was really intense this year um, from what I hear. And it was the trials uh, before that, and um, I think it's Moose Jaw, and then obviously on the East Coast. Now they've come to uh, a 45-man roster. They are ready to go. The coaching staffs are ready to go. Um, Chris Hengen Brun, former team uh, Canada quarterback, uh, Sadia Ashraf is set to participate in her third Women's World uh, Championship that she's part of the Montreal Blitz. And so it's uh, as a first-time first uh, national team coach. So congratulations to her for stepping up. And she's going to be obviously wanting to support the team and get it to the level where she couldn't get it to, gold medal level at this point. So um, the host nation and the location for the 2017 championship has yet to be named. We were told it was going to be Vancouver, Canada. Our sources were telling it, but nothing has been confirmed by IFAB. And everybody knows IFAB is a, a separate break and broken group right now um, internally. So we'll see if they get their act together within the next 60 days or 90 days before this event. Uh, this event is usually held every four years. The inaugural event was held in 2010. It took place in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, while in Vanta, Finland, the 2013 championships were held. So uh, exciting times. I can tell you right now, all the players in the WWCFL and the MWFL are very excited uh, to represent their country and then shooting for gold. Yes, they are, and they, as everybody should be there. I honestly, because everybody, I think a lot of us were hoping that and thinking that it was going to be in the U.S. this year, but it going in Canada, that's a nice change of pace. That itself is a nice change of pace, too, because it makes a good, good advantage for the North American teams who have definitely been the strongest point of those tournaments there. I'm, going to really, I'm really going to look forward, as I said, I'm most looking forward to seeing Mexico's debut in these games and also which other teams may decide to join the format this year. Yeah, traditional teams out in Sweden, Finland. Uh, you also have the Great Britain team that's going to participate out of BAFA Women this year, the Australian team out of uh, Great Iron Australia, and then it just announced, like I said recently, Mexico, the Mexico national team that's going to be put up as well. So a lot more teams coming up this uh, this year. Uh, I think the competition in Mexico is going to be really well. Coach Konecki coaching the Gridiron Australia squad is going to be very competitive. I can tell you that right now from his work with the USA team. And based on what he has talented, uh, talent in Gridiron Australia, you can tell that, that they're going to be very competitive. Uh, Great Britain as well. Um, so they, they won – they were at the uh, you know European Championships. They came in second against Finland, and Finland always top notch as well. So uh, very competitive. The European uh, group is going to be very intense and competitive, as well as the North American group. Now it's going to be very competitive. Yeah, you best believe it, there, because I think because I think these past couple years Finland has typically been the breakout team of the of all nations. Been the breakout team of the European section. They've been the ones that picked up the bronze medal there. But I think this is going to be the year that the other nations, which may be joining, are going to step it up. You're going to see Sweden, Germany, Spain, and whichever, other may, whichever others may join there. So going to step yeah, it up so there. It's, it's, just, a, it's going to be one of those 
one of those tournaments where I think it's going to be very competitive. I think everybody will be surprised. Uh, and hopefully it is tight, tightly contested because that's just going to show uh, how progression has happened at the international level. Yes, it is. Of course, the USA, the USA teams have been, started, have been pretty much like how the, dream, how the dream team is of the Olympics since they started letting pro players play in those games. So whoever, yeah, so exactly, exactly. Everybody's looking at the beach there. So. Yeah, I, it, I, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a great year games, for football, for women's football. They will be playing history. It's a great, it's a it, great opportunity this year. I think 2017 because you have the the uh, WFA really establishing themselves at a higher level of sport. You got the WWCFL as well, a higher level of sport in North America. You got FX Mexico down south, establishing themselves as a very prominent league. So that's you know it's all it's all positive at this point when you take a look at it. It's it's uh, it's great to see that the North American swing is taking some sort of leadership role. Of course, there obviously is a good always is a good always is a big deal there. As I said, but let's but seeking into to, to international territories there. The reason why I was excited to see I was excited to see to the Montreal Blitz join the WFA, as I said, is because I'm real and I'm excited to see the games come in Canada is because I would really like to see more women's football teams in the better known Canadian markets. Like I'd like to see teams in Toronto, Vancouver, Ottawa, those sort of teams. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think logistically, it's not re- they're not ready for that move west. Uh, the central Canada is probably their staple. Uh, I think they make a good move just stick in those two states, grow the game that way before you even branch out outwards. Uh, I know they have a lot of flag leagues out there, so maybe the interest isn't there yet for a uh, full tackle. Maybe or or maybe they couldn't be. They don't have to be part of the WWCFL. I honestly think that in 2018. Well, that there could be a Vancouver team starting playing the WFA in 2018, join the Pacific Northwest Squadron group. That would that would be great. That would be almost as good as uh, Montreal being in the uh, IWF for so long. Yeah, because I love seeing the game in the Pacific Northwest. There, I really think a Vancouver team would sp- add some per- ideal spice to the mix. I agree. I think it would be uh, refreshing to have something in the uh, British Columbia area, especially with the BC Lions being so popular in that area, that they would be able to have something there in BC. Of course, I also want the W. As I said, I also want the WFA to expand to Toronto in 2018. That's a market I've been wondering for years why they don't have any teams there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, the other excitement uh, happening internationally, obviously, uh, if you didn't know it, we'll tell you about it today. Uh, LNFAA Femenina out of the Federación Española de American Football kicks off their week one season this past week. Uh, thanks to uh, NFLHispano.com, our network partner that covers the league for us, as well as FIFA underscore Spain or the Federación Española de American Football, who covers that as well and give us the tidbits. Uh, shout out to our No Joke Football supporter out there, uh, Admiral R, and uh, also Lit, uh, Lita out there out of the Badalona Drock Girls. And uh, so uh, rookies own this league uh, 
Burmy, if you're not aware of it, but the Bar- Barbera rookies own this league. They own the Spanish Cup. <laughs> they have owned this league literally almost five out of the seven years of his existence. And uh, so uh, they continue to do that. 76-0, to zero, week one, taking out Badalona Drax. Badalona girls did not win one single game last year in 2016. And they get to face the dominant beast that is Bar- uh, Barbera. Uh, and so they get crushed 76-0. to zero. It's called a clinic in football when you get crushed 76-0. to zero. And so they put up a, a 10 touchdowns. Can you believe that, Michael? 10 touchdowns against uh, Badalona Drax. So uh, oh my. the girls in Badalona, got, they got work to do. Yes, they do. That's going to be – and honestly, I really loved – I'm also, as I said before, I'm really looking – said these Barbera rookies are going to be a real – they are they are one of the strong teams there. Honestly, I feel like they could beat most of the teams in any of the U.S. leagues. Even they're very competitive. They have good coaching as well. Uh, Roberto Torresillas is obviously the head coach of the Spanish uh, Spanish uh, national team. So uh, very impressive there. They didn't do as well in the tournament, of course, their first time out. But uh, he did. They did put up a valiant fight on there. Uh, Torres Silas, uh, you know, right at the first first quarter, twenty four to zero. Michael, <laughs> that's got to be heartbreaking if you're Badalona and you start off the first quarter and you're getting spanked twenty four to zero. That's just that can't be a good feeling. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've played football and when you're getting you're, when you're when you're down thirty points in the first quarter, the three quarters seem like a very long night. Yep. Yes, they do. There, it's like with somebody. Somebody, if you take a look at the, like for example, if you're taking a look at the, like take a look at the scoreboard. If ever had any games going, there have been quite a few early games in the women's football league. There, we're realizing that so like the other teams got big lead on you. You're wondering how much longer is this game going on? There, we're realizing it's only the end of the first quarter. We're gonna be in. Oh boy, we're gonna be in for a doozy. Yeah, you're going to have to go to Starbucks and get some double lattes or something to get going yeah. because uh, Badalona, uh, you know, hats off to them. Hard-fought fight. They stood in the game till the end. So you got to give them shout-outs for that. Uh, in Barbera, <laughs> the champs, uh, Anna Fernandez scores twice. Neria Villar scores twice. Viviana Cardona scores twice. Sabrina Marquez twice. Patricia uh, McSide and Patricia Arila as well, one score each. So ten touchdowns for the uh, the champs, Barbera rookies, seventy six to zero. They, they move on to week two with a one and zero record. Badalona back to work, zero uh, and one. Move on to the second game in this league, and it was uh, the Pioneers, uh, Les Hospitals Pioneers, against the Barcelona Buffaloes. Barcelona has been uh, up and uh, up and running, runner runners up a couple seasons be- before the La-, La Rosa Black Demons moved on to the uh, LVFA this season, but they uh, were runner ups in the Spanish Cup as well. So they're the real challenge to Barbero rookies in this league. They are basically the challenge uh, if we take a look at it. So Barcelona Buffaloes, uh, you know, obviously runner up champs in the uh, league and in the Copa España, took on the Pioneers, 16 to 12 was the result here. Um, they still 
put up a good fight. The Pioneers started their uh, season with a good effort in the first quarter with a touchdown by Isabel Garcia. And then at that point, uh, Sandra Bernal. But then it was a close game, six, eight to six, uh, before um, the Buffaloes started to pick up steam. Pioneers returned the favor uh, with a score by Nadia Beshmi, making it 12 to eight. Uh, in the last quarter, Paulina Cruz scored a touchdown for the um, Buffaloes uh, and Victor uh, Victor Rodriguez as well uh, for the you know for Coach Victor Rodriguez. Uh, Bernal uh, makes it 16-12, and so it was the Pioneers falling to the Barcelona Buffaloes in this contest, 16-12. Barcelona moves to 1-0. The Pioneers drop to 0-1. The next competition. Uh, will be 4th and 5th of February. That's their next week to play. And the Pioneers are taking on the Badalona Drox. And I'm assuming that's going to be a win. <laughs> unless the unless the, these Badalona girls start to improve, they got to step up their game. But, it, you know, they have to play the game. So it'll be February. The uh, Teresa Reds, uh, their debut will be next week, uh, 4th and 5th in February. So they will take on their debut there. And then we'll give you updates on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Uh, thanks to our network partner, like I said, NFL Hispano, for keeping up tabs on the results and the previews. So really appreciate that. Um, so exciting league, uh, Bermany, in this one. Very exciting. It's uh, not many teams. I think there's only five teams in this league, so it makes it very competitive. And so until somebody knocks off Barbera, everybody else is in the race for second place. See, it's got to We'll see. We're going to see that. It's going to be – it will be real – that's going to be quite interesting to see how these other teams build up. It's going to be quite – remind me of some, a few other leagues I've seen back in the day. They're just going to build up there. I think it's going to be one of the leagues where Barbera is going to win the next few championships there. And then somebody – the other teams are going to build up there. But then out of nowhere, first somebody is going to end their winning streak. And then somebody's going to win the championship from them. So the other teams should keep building up there because their time is coming. Yeah, it's a, but this is great league. Spanish league has been very good. Uh, the L, LVFA league, uh, where the La Rosa Black Demons have moved on to, we'll, we keep tabs on that as well, so you can check our Twitter feed on updates there. Uh, we don't have a network to cover everything that's going on in that league, so we only get bits, bits and pieces from uh, the group boards from some of the players in, in Spain. They give us updates and give us some tidbits on there. But you can always keep tabs on that. And on Facebook, as the um, Federación de Española, American Football, gives us the updates, and we usually share those as well. So, um, Michael, it's just one of, those, one of those things. I mean, we're looking forward to this awesome season now. It's, and, and this week, no different. Uh, Grisafi is coming back for the force. Uh, Gore moves to Dallas. As we had talked about before, uh, the elite pickup, you know, uh, obviously a multifaceted player. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Get, uh, Gethart in terms of quarterback or if they're going to use uh, Gore in a different format. But uh, the WFA season is going to be unfolding in April, and it's going to be really exciting. This week alone, uh, the anticipation for me is who's going to be on that Team USA roster. It's really going to be very competitive. There's a lot of talented players in the WFA and the IWFL, so um, just kind of interested to see when the final roster comes out, who made the roster and who didn't, you know, because I think there's going to be some people disappointed. 
Yes, there are going to be some. There, yes, there will be some people, but we're going to see. We're just going to see how this. Because honestly, at this point, the anticip well, the anticipation has been built up there. It's kind of like the expected there. They say unless this game, unless this season ends up curing multiple diseases, ending world hunger, and inventing some new method of transportation, some people are going to be dis- people are gonna, a lot of people are going to be disappointed there with all the hype it's gotten there. Yeah, and I, and I mean like veterans. I'm talking about like you know uh, players that were on 2010, 2013. What I'm saying is there might be some players that are not going to make the cut for this this national roster, but it's going to be nice to see new faces as well. Yes, it will. Okay, so yeah, this, and because this is going to be the most comp- what is football game is get only getting more competitive by the year, and we are all witnesses to that. This will be a world. This will be the worldwide testimony that those those championships are going to be a worldwide testimony there, and you can count on this site this site to provide all the best coverage for them. Yeah, we're going to be pretty much in the know. We're trying to get everything geared up. Um, so if you guys don't follow Michael, Michael Burmy on Facebook, you can follow Michael Burmy on Facebook. He's got also Facebook Live updates as well, and they're very interactive with all the uh, the teams as well. So tell, tell the fans a little bit about Facebook Live and how often those happen. Well, uh, those happen traditionally. Facebook Live, I go on, I go on Facebook Live, Traditionally, I like to wear a new team's T-shirt when I do those live streams there. So I want to. So thus far, I give them the opportunities that if they want their team to be represented on my live stream there, that I that I'm going to send them my send them my address so we can work my address and my shirt size so we can work something out there. So far, I've worn T-shirts of the Houston Wildcats, the North Florida Pumas, the Nevada Storm, and the Corpus Christi Divas of the IWFA. That's a league in Texas there. So, so I like representing whole, representing a new team every. I like representing a new team every time I do those live streams. So, it's just those surprise, little surprises which you just look out for ever so often. Yeah, it, it's very, uh, very exciting. The, some of the players really like the fact that you're interacting, giving them props and giving them, uh, you know, kind of a voice as well and sort of instant feedback for you as well in terms of what's really happening with certain teams. Quite honestly, I am really, well, that's the, my goal is to make sure this page, make my page the place where every women's football player, coach, staff member, and fan can keep in touch with everything that is going on in every other league there. This, my goal is to make sure everything's it's all connected in short. And I'm quite a ways, quite, got quite a ways to go, but I'm already quite a ways there. Yeah, and it's 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 you know we've uh, interacted on there as well. It's pretty exciting to to come on and kind of air, interact with you and get your insights and everybody else's input in terms of what's really going on with the pulse of the game. So uh, we really appreciate that. I'm pretty sure every other player has expressed that to you as well. It's a pleasure. I I really as really like I really enjoy doing this and giving those props to those players, making sure that they know. There are fans. There's a fan out out there who are really rooting for them, even however far away they may be. Michael, uh, can you give us a, a, a kind of a snapshot picture right now? Let's go to uh, let's go through the WFA at this point. West Coast, um, based on what we see now, 
the East Coast is going to be very tough. And I'm talking about the Divas primarily. But the, uh, the West Coast, with the elite being what they are, San Diego coming back, really the biggest threat maybe, you think? Well, that well, first of all, I'm going to have to see a roster. I'm going to have to see a roster there, and how many of their players are coming back this time around. A few of their stronger players have gone on to play for the North North County Stars. So, but I think the majority of them are going to come back to the surge and get, make another title run. So, yeah, I do think. Yeah, I think that whoever wins that playoff game between whoever does dominate in that playoff game between. The surge, the War Angels, and the Warriors. Please don't count out the Warriors. Is really good. They're going to be the team that's playing. They're going to be once again the team which ends up playing the elite in the American Conference Championship game. Yeah, the Northeast is really interesting for me because that's just got so real. Uh, South, Southern Oregon Lady Renegades didn't play too bad. They they can only get better. You got the Majestics uh, doing tryouts this week as well. Uh, the rain, the shockwave. The Northeast is uh, pretty stable right now and very passionate football that they play up there. Uh, the, in the Pacific region, you have La Muerte Las Cruces, which is a new squad. Mile High Blaze. Yeah, I love the that The Rocky squad, Mountain Thundercats. Utah and the Wildcats. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it uh, the Blazes division at this point, but it certainly will look that way at this point. If I had to, you know, step, you know, give my prediction at this point, I would assume I would assume Mile High would probably come out of that. I don't know what Las Muertes Las Cruces is going to look like at this point, but that would be me. Well, um, first, well, let me break it down for you there. Rocky Mountain is going to be sure. tier two. Mile High is going to be either tier two or tier one, and both Utah teams and La Muerte are going to be tier three. So for, I'm going to have to wait, try to wait to predictions until we see which tiers every team is going to be in. But, yes, I do think that the Mile High Blaze are still going to be the team to beat. Yeah. And then out west in the Pacific, staying in the American Conference, as it stands right now, the Pacific region, Pacific South Division, you got War Angels, the uh, Empire Ravens, uh, the Kern County Crusaders, the Warriors, Surge, Trojans, and Wolfpack. So out of this, you know, division – we're really looking at the cream of the crop, which is Pacific and Central Cal, and then you you throw in the returning former champs, the surge. Everybody else, I think, is going to be at a lower level, so that it's going to be a dogfight between those three, I think, for the top spot. In this I actually think that the Inland Empire Ravens are going to surprise some people in Division Two II or Three this year. I also think that the Ventura Wolfpack and the Kern County Crusaders are going to surprise a few folk in the Tier Three plate. The tier three playoffs rankings too. If we go to the Great Plains and staying in the American Conference, go ahead. Because the Kern County Crusaders, they're the team that's playing in Bakersfield. There, although they started up before the Bakersfield Bombers folded, they're getting a few of the players who are dis, some of the players who have been displaced by the Bombers. Some of them might join the Crusaders, so they were a team that. They oh, I didn't have the best luck. They were a team that loved the game and were really passionate about, really passionate about this, and really good sports showed really good sportsmanship. If that attitude transforms over to the Crusaders, some big things may be ahead for them too. But I also love the what Ventura County Wolf Pack. There, they've been a team that's not exactly had the best luck there, but they've stayed, had their representing for their little neck of the woods in SoCal, and they've been 
So I think this year is going to be their breakout year. They're going to really show them what they're about. Show the world what they're about and that they're ready to have a solid year this year. I'm more excited right now for the Great Plains division because this is where, like I said earlier, the St. Louis Land plays. So it's KC, Blaze, Machine, Vixen, Stampede, and Slam. Very competitive. I think this is going to be uh, one of the divisions that we're going to be keeping an eye on because of the Slam's success as well as Kansas City. And now you add the Blaze, who've had previous success in the IWFL, the Machine returning, uh, obviously Minnesota proving what they can do in the uh, last season. Uh, Top division here. I don't want to count St. Louis out at this point, but I want to say – uh, more than likely, the Vixen is the team to win this division. If I had to put my money on anything, I'd say the I'd say it's going to be between the Titans and the Vixen in Tier One there, and the Slam are going to be the dark horse there. You're going to look at there if they go to Tier One. If I'm not, I mean Division One. Lisa doesn't want us calling them tiers. She wants us calling them divisions. Remember that. So anyway, I think that the Madison, honestly, I think the Minnesota Machine could end up surprising if you. Could end up surprising a few people too there because, and they're gonna because they on the Madison Blaze are gonna have some really competitive, good competitive games there. And you also got to look at the Twin Cities tussle between the Machine and the Vixen there. Uh, the, the Vixens are the favorite. Yeah, what, the Machine are gonna make it a good game. That's the reason I'm I'm looking at this, and this is really a Midwest hotbed for football because it's gonna be competitive no matter what division they're in. It's still gonna be a very uh, intense uh, rivalries. You got the two Minnesota rivalries. You add uh, the Midwest three cycle as well, Nebraska, St. Louis, and Kansas City into that mix. And then you throw in the Blaze on top of all that. So really exciting in the Great Plains division. Uh, the Midwest region, Southwest division, uh, we're looking at the Zydeco with their success in Division Three and their championship. Arkansas Wildcats, Arlington Impact, Austin Outlaws, the elite is in this division, and Houston Power. So we to win the division in this, it would be obviously the elite if you had to lay it all out. But uh, I think Zydeco has enough uh, hunger to come back and maybe win the Division Three championship again. Yep, that is, that looks to be that looks very much looks that very much looks to be the case there because, but you got also, one other team you got to look at there is. Not only the in tier three, not only will the Austin Outlaws be trying to give it, be trying to pick up the World Cup, but also the Arkansas Wildcats are coming back there. They won several. They won. They have a good rivalry going with the best tier three rivalry. I guess it would be the Zydeco and the Wildcats. Not sure if they're going. Wildcats are going to be tier two or, I mean division two. Division two. They don't want us calling them tiers again. Remember that. So I think the Wildcats and the Zydeco, the the rivalry is going to resume there. It's gonna be as great. It's gonna be back better than ever there. So I think the Wildcats are gonna have are gonna be the biggest threat to the Zydeco in the division there, the tier three sector of the. Well, the there. only the only thing that's worse, I think, in any aspect of it is the National Conference Colonial Division. A lot of teams, and given the Sharks just arrived, given the Blitz just arrived, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, the return of the Assault. Uh, the Blackhawk, I mean, I'm sorry, the Nighthawks coming back, uh, the Hawks in Connecticut. Um, wow. I don't know. Maybe you break it up in two. Maybe there, maybe we need to break up in a, in a different division in this division because that's a lot of teams. 
And I know they're in different but remember, divisions they are here. Be multi- but remember, they will be mul- They are going to be multiple to the multiple divisions within the division there, because you got. Of course, you're going to have the Renegades. The D- of course, you're going to have the Renegades and Divas in Division One there, and the Phantoms, Sharks, and Blitz. Gonna be division. The Nighthawks gonna be Division Two. The Black Widows, the Assaults, the Knockouts, Lady Gators, Mayhem, Nightmare, and Hawks are gonna be Division Three. So that is that is going to be where the real competition lies. The Division Three section. Yeah, exactly. That is what I. I, really I agree with that. Forward. I think that's that's where it's gonna lie. I will be looking forward to that. The other division we gotta look at is the uh, National Conference North Atlantic Division. And this is this is the hotbed. I think this is where we're going to see some exciting, real good football. We got Atlanta Phoenix, Carolina Phoenix, you know, naming rights right there. If you're going to play each other, I guess, who's the better Phoenix? Uh, the <laughs> I like Thistle how the WFA lets play the WFA. Unlike the IWFL, the WFA lets teams keep their name. Let's teams keep the same name there. We've got two teams called the Phoenix, two teams called the Blitz, two teams called – Two teams called the Blaze, three teams called the Rain. <laughs> I believe it's three. Are oh, you talking about the IWFL? No, I'm talking about the WFA. They have two teams called the called the Rain there. I like how the WFA lets multiple teams have the name, have the names there. Yeah, the I don't IWFL, think the name really matters because it, it has a city behind it, so you can distinguish their differences. So, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. But exciting times. Derby City is much improved for me. Uh, Huntsville, I don't know. Uh, Music City and Cincinnati uh, played really well outside of the WFA, so now they got to prove their might in this league. The new they won their Ter- respective league championships last train. year. So they're gonna have, they won their respective leagues, cha- leagues championships last year. So they are. So you're right. They really are going to have to prove themselves this year. Another team I'm really looking for forward to seeing though is the South the other few teams that are looking forward to seeing is the South Carolina Smash there. For the very first time women's football is going into the Palmetto State. As we saw last year with the Alabama Fire and the Richmond Black Widows, the brand new markets can oftentimes be the be some of the sleeper teams there, the ones which are getting really good. So and also that another team I don't want to I don't lest we forget is the Tennessee train are also going to be competitive there. But I th- let me just point out one team which not a lot of people know about, and but they're going to be could, looking like a threat too, is the Franklin Nightmare. They have been getting, re- they've been getting ready there, representing for their small town really close to Nashville. So and they're going to have a good rivalry with Music City going on, and they will go, and they're going to be, and they're going to do well representing, and they're going to, going to make sure that nobody not a lot of people expect them to them to do much, but that just gives them all the more motivation to really to surprise the folks there. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think it's really, you know, you you have to, you know, the I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the teams come to play uh in terms of entering the WFA in terms of competition. So um, let's move on to the IWFL, just so so we are and fair before, and wait, balanced. Wait, 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 wait! I also want to talk about the WFA South Atlantic Division there, because that's going to be quite All a right. question. Well, then. of course, 
remember the Miami remember the Miami Fury is really gonna remember it's re, remember it's really gonna be the remember that's really the Miami Fury are coming back this season as are the Tampa as are, so they're gonna give the Tampa Bay Inferno a challenge challenge at the top there but then you also got teams starting there like some teams right there in the existing team markets there like you have the North Florida Pumas and Central Florida Shine debuting and we're going to see how well the Jacksonville Dixie Blues, Orlando Anarchy and Daytona Wave Runners can hang on there. That's going to be another division I really yeah, look closely at. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The Florida the 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 up upgraded Florida state is really going to be very interesting especially with the uh Inferno owning that area and now the Fury coming back. Very interesting to see that. Um, the IWFL, Burmy, it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking at this uh, website, and from the Atlantic Conference, the only team left here in the Atlantic Conference is Prodigy, Queens, and Firebirds. If you go to the Midwest Conference, the only team left is the Crush and the Pride. And if you go to the Central Conference, uh, the only teams left are the Yellow Jackets, uh, the Energy, uh, what is it, the Freeze and the Threat. And then you go to the Pacific Division, and you have pretty much everybody stayed the same except for the Bombers, who are no longer, I guess, are coming back from what I and hear. And the Rogue Valley Elements have joined now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think they've updated their stuff yet. I mean, they put up their schedule uh, early this year for some reason. Their schedule is early, but obviously it has to be revised because that was the old schedule beforehand. So this some is when everybody was in place. The IWFL doesn't put up their master schedule for quite some time now. No, that's what I'm saying. They, they haven't put up a schedule period from the last season, so it's going to be probably a delay in terms of once they figure out how to restructure um, the divisions at this point. So um, once that happens, we'll keep updating. We'll keep tabs on it, and we'll keep updating, and then we'll talk about it then because it's kind of a mute point to talk about it now. The only thing we need to do uh, let everybody know that uh, a lot more teams have shifted from the IWFL to the 2017 campaign in the WFA, and so we'll leave it at that. Yep, that is true. It's gonna be quite a season. So I want to just go into Legends Football League. We got about ten minutes left on the board here. Legends Football League announces the New England Liberty will no longer be alive, and they have announced Pittsburgh Rebellion will be entering the 2017 campaign to replace the New England Liberty. They're going to play at Hardmark Stadium. The Rebellion tryouts are coming up in February 11th, I believe. So that replaces that. They'll still have the Atlanta Steam the Chicago Bliss in that swing of things on the East Coast. On the West Coast, Dallas was obviously put on hiatus. Um, and of the Acoustics, the brand-new team from last year, the Austin Acoustics, will still play in Austin, Texas. The new team to replace the Dallas Desire will now be the Denver Dream uh, out in Denver. They will still have the Seattle Miss, former champs, the uh, Los Angeles Temptation, the three-time champions. So that's the this restructure. And then Omaha Heart will return. Uh, the news this week was Alex Drake 
of the Liberty will be making her way to Omaha to see if she can revise the Omaha Heart uh, to make a more, uh, you know, a better standing for them from last year's disastrous and dismal season that they had. The uh, so that's the news out of there. The acoustics will open the LFL night April 17th. It's uh, opening day for Legends Football League, and it will be the acoustics hosting the Seattle Mist. These two teams met last year in Seattle, and Seattle obviously owned them. Uh, we'll see if the result is any different this time around. So you can keep tabs on Legends Football League at the Legends Football League on Facebook. Go to LFLUS.com to get um, information on tryouts and the upcoming schedules. You can follow us on Twitter uh, or Facebook, and uh, you can get the latest updates there as well from Legends Football League. So um, that's the news that we have there from Bell News at this point. No contract or TV deal from what we are told at this point. Um, we will see if anything you know, resurfaces in terms of a TV deal. Otherwise, uh, their games will be tape delayed as usual uh, within a week's time, and they will be on the YouTube channel at Legends Football League as well. So um, that's the news that I have for LFL News and Notes. Um, so, Michael, I don't, I don't know if you follow LFL at all, but um, pretty I much don't. that's I don't care what about we the, cover as well. I don't care so. about what the LFL is doing. Right. So, um, they, so we covered uh, pretty much every, most sections of the sport. They see women's full contact football as a threat to us, to, to them. They kind of wanted to replace them. That's why they moved their season. That's the real reason they moved their season this spring, because they don't want their players. They don't want players playing for the tackle football teams in the in the fall, in the spring, and the LFL teams in the fall. So yeah, I, I think was, uh, reality. I think reality, Burmy. It was a financial reason because they can't compete with the NFL in the winter. <laughs> That's really what it was. They just can't compete. You know, there's no audience for them in the winter, so they had to switch to spring. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with you. I think that was probably a, a very big part of it. As I said, I cover women's tackle, women's ta- women's folk tackle football. I really do not care what the LFL is doing. Agreed. Um, we covered both because obviously we're a social media fan site, so and we cover both spectrums of the sport. So that's our job, and that's what we do. So that's what we cover it in detail as well. And it is a high-profile league that has to be covered, whether you like it or not. Uh, but at this point, uh, we're talking traditional game, and so you know what? We can't wait for April at this point. Um, I messaged Lisa before. This is you know hats off to them, to the WFA for the ownership, the franchises. And for all the, you know, talented individuals that have obviously elevate the WFA now to another level in 2017. So it's going to be an exciting season in April to follow uh, all these divisions and how that turns out and how things unfold, and especially with the influx of the new teams from the IWFL. Yes, it is. And I'm already in talk. I'm already, already talking to certain other people there to see how – because I don't think we've seen the last of those leagues of league shakeup so far there. I'm talking with a few other teams to see what their plans are. So as when I am at Liberty to disclose things, I will keep you posted. Awesome. So you can follow Michael, uh, Michael Burmy on Facebook. Got Facebook live as well. Uh, once again, um, you can go to zazzle.com for size square down beauties. You can buy your gear there for support our project, our no joke football project, every sale of the no joke football project, um, shirts, tees and leggings, goes to spotlight another talented player 
in the women's football game. And we just have to, couldn't forget to announce uh, Marina Ventaga of the Moscow Cherries. She's going to be a no-joke football supporter for 2017, so congratulations to her for helping us out on our project. As well as we mentioned earlier, Min Meng Zhao, uh, the MVP out of Orboro Black Knights, out of the Swedish League. Um, she was obviously sporting her no-joke football gear, girl baller uh, T-shirt, and to all the phenoms that we cover as well, uh, Brooke Lidsby, Savannah Melton, thank you for them for uh, helping us our project as well. So, Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for making the time today. I really Likewise, appreciate you filling in for Ishii and Troy, and I hope they'll be back next week. It was a pleasure. Likewise, it was a pleasure for me to be filling in for right now. There, just get a hold. Just keep in touch with me if you ever if you ever need to talk. Get me to do anything like this again. Because I'm always you awesome. Know I'm I always really happy. appreciate that. Not only be a not only be an interview guest there, but also to fill in there. So. Yeah, we're gonna keep we keep tabs on it, and then I really appreciate last last minute notice coming on and helping us out with the uh, podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Um, so for Inkishi Free, Troy Wilson. They'll be back here next week. Um, Michael Burmey's got Packers going to the Super Bowl. I got oh, the Patriots, uh, Destiny uh, Jarborough, who is our guest as well, this uh, this uh, podcast. And she's got the Steelers. So thanks to Des- uh, Destiny Jarborough for coming on, and we hope her MMA career just blossoms. It's going to be Steelers, Packers, or it's going to be Patriots, Packers. So we will see who's right. Thanks for making the time today. Uh, for the yes, Great Iron Blitz the real, right here on Block Talk yes, Radio. Yes, and, uh, Michael, American have a great there. night. You too, though. Thank you so much once again. You have to take care. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.